Last week we talked about the authority of Christ. And we read in Mark 1, 21 through 28 about his authority. Authority essential to true preaching. Authority established by the scriptures. Authority emboldened by the spirit. Authority enhanced by the life. And then authority enriched by the delivery. And I mentioned to you last week that I wanted to talk to you this Sunday about the authority of the believer. Sometimes I think we as preachers sort of miss the mark when we don't preach and teach and relay the scripture to the congregation about the believer's authority. You have authority through Christ. And uh, if you'll notice the introduction, Jesus did not leave behind a powerless church when he ascended back to heaven. To the contrary, he imparted divine authority to those who follow him along with the Holy Spirit power to accomplish great things for him on this earth. Father, we thank you for the power and the authority that you've given to the church. We pray as we go through this today and take this brief time that you will speak to our hearts the word of God. Help us not only to uh, realize our authority, but help us, dear God, to be able to step out by faith and allow the Holy Spirit and the word of God to work through us to accomplish those things that you would have us to. In Christ's name. Amen. I think the first thing that we must do in order to realize and to uh, use the authority that God has given us is to understand who we are in Jesus Christ. The devil would like to put you down, would like to lie to you and deceive you and uh, to take away that faith and that position in Jesus Christ. You'll notice, number one, to understand the authority of the believer, we must understand our position in Jesus Christ. The authority of the believer is rooted, of course, in the authority of Christ. You and I would not have authority uh, without, of course, the authority of Jesus Christ. Number three, as believers... As believers, we are indwelt by the full potential of the life of Christ. That just don't seem possible. But it is. That's God's word. I want you to read with me, but I'm going to read the Amplified. For out of his fullness, whose fullness? Christ. Out of his fullness, this is the Amplified, abundance, we have all received, all had a share And we were all supplied with one grace after another and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, even favor upon favor and gift heaped upon gift. Out of his fullness from God, from Jesus Christ, we have that. And the devil will have you to think, I'm a nobody, I don't have anything, I can't do anything. How many of you know that's a lie? A lie of the devil out of his fullness. So uh, John is saying here, God meets us at our point of need in the person, certainly of Jesus Christ, including his power and provision. 
Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, uh, chapter 3, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, not according to roses, not according to uh, outbacks, not according to what the White House, not according to the things on earth, but according to the riches of his glory. Not the riches of, of Bank of America, not the riches of, of, of some wealthy somebody. I just heard that, that Michael Jordan now is a billionaire. Not according to Michael Jordan's billions, but according to his riches to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. God wants us to, wants to give us inner strength. And that's where it really is needed. Because unless the devil can get us down inwardly, he cannot get us down in any other way. Oh, he can afflict us. He can try us. He can lie to us and he can come against us. But it's the inner man that he's talking about here that Christ may dwell in your hearts, the inner, inner man, through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend. And that's what I want to get us to do this morning is to be able to comprehend, to understand with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with what? The fullness of God. And that's impossible, it seems like, but that's not impossible. That's God's word. I love the message, take in the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. In other words, the message goes on to say, reach out and experience the breath, exclamation point. Test its length, exclamation point. Plumb the depths, exclamation point. Rise to the heights, exclamation point. In other words, live full lives, full in the fullness of God. Do we see the church operating like that today? Or do we live subpar what God wants us to have? God wants us to experience, live in the fullness of God. We need to take our place as a child of God. And I love these verses. Read with me Ephesians 2, 5, and 6. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. That's who you are. That's where you are. That's your position in Christ. I'm going to read that again. And I want you to count how many times the word together is used. Here we go. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us live together with Christ. By the grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. How many times? How many times? Three. Some of you were reading with me. Together, you in Christ, we in Christ, we're together. We sit together, we live together, we walk together. And that's the reason we're able to have the authority that we have because of our position, of course, in Jesus Christ. We can't just walk out here and start commanding and start using 
somewhat of authority. We must position ourselves in Christ, understanding who we are in Christ. Number two, authority given to the believers. The 12 empowered, then the 70, then all believers. Notice, notice this, Mark 9, Mark 10, and, and Mark 16. Let's look at uh, Mark, uh, if you will, 9. One and two. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all who? Demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to do what? Heal the sick. That didn't stop in the apostolic age. That didn't stop back with the apostles the original apostles. So we have, first of all, he gives that authority and that power to the 12. Look at Luke ten nineteen. Behold, I give you the authority. Now he's talking to the 70. As most of you know, Jesus called 12 and he sent them out. Then he calls 70 and now he's talking to the 70. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now that's not talking about physical serpents and scorpions. It's talking about the evil, the powers of evil. And demonic activity. God's given or gave the 70. So we have the uh, 12, then we have the 70. Now let's go to you and I, which we, those promises are to us too, not just to the 12 and to the 70. But let's go to you and I in Mark chapter 16. This is all believers. And these shine, signs shall follow those who pastor churches. And these signs shall follow Or Roberts. And these signs shall follow the deacons and the elders. Listen to what it says. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They shall what? Cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. And he goes on to speak all the things that Jesus did. He gave us that power. It is very important that we understand. Not only the twelve... Not only the 70, not only to you and I. And by the way, something important happened with the 70. They were so impressed. Jesus sent them out. Boom. You go out and you minister. You preach the word of God. You heal the sick. You raise the dead. You cast out devils. All of these things. They came back. They were jumping up and down with glee and joy. And many of you know what they were excited about. They were excited that even the demons were subject to them through the name of Jesus Christ. Now, what did Jesus say? Boys, great, just go out and do your thing. What did he say? He said, don't rejoice because the devils are subject unto you. Rejoice rather. Listen, this is important. Don't, Don't lose it. Rejoice rather that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. In other words, what Jesus was saying, stay focused. And if we're not careful with all this authority and all the power and demons are subject unto us and we can get, woo, glory, look at us, pride. 
And that's what's happened to a lot of ministers and a lot of ministries. They think God gave them power just to receive an offering. Because that's about all some of them do. Now they may preach out here and preach over here, preach down here, but they're coming just like this. They want your money. Well, quite, but it's true. In fact, if you follow the scripture, he said, don't take extra funds. And I won't get into that, but he gives us power. But we're not to, we're not to take advantage of that or, or be prideful about that and walk around with our chest, think, chest out thinking we're somebody. God said, stay focused. Rejoice because your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. So he gave power and authority to the 12. He gave power and authority to the 70. He gave power and authority to those that believe. And it's important that we understand that we are to minister on behalf of Jesus Christ. Notice what John 14, 12 says. Most assuredly, most assuredly, listen, important. Pay attention. Lock in on it. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Now, is that, is, is that the word or is that the word? Yes, it is. Now, not greater in value and significance. Understand this. Not greater in value and significance, but greater in scope and number. Why? Because Jesus knew he was going to the cross. He was only 33 years old, about. That's young. He knew he was going to the cross and his life was going to end. But he knew that the church was going to come behind him. The church being you and I, the church being the believer, the church being the Christian, the follower of Jesus Christ, the spirit-filled believer. He knew the church was going to come behind him and the scope and the number is astronomical. How long has the computer been invented? How long have we had our iPods? And listen, we can, now we can touch the world. We can get a little old rectangle thing in our hand and we can touch the world. Greater works. Now, what were the works of Christ? Just what we said. Heal the sick, cast out devils, preach the word, bind up the brokenhearted, loose the, those that's in prison spiritually and physically. He said these same works. So we are here, you and I, not just the pastor, but every spirit-filled believer is here on this. I love this thing. B, you, you, you had me way up here. Boy, you just, because because I, I've been studying B. Listen, you don't have a copyright on that because I've been studying B this, this week too. There's so much in that word B. Because I, I looked at this. Look at number one under number three. Authority doesn't beg. Authority doesn't ask. Authority commands. And Jesus said, be Thou 
healed. When the storm came up and he stepped out on the bow of the ship, he said, be still. And you could go throughout his, much of, of what the apostles and Jesus did. It was be. Be thou cleansed. Be thou healed. Be. And God wants us not to beg. Oh, God. God does not sometimes, listen to this. I know the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Ask, seek, not. I know he says that. And I know we're to pray. James tells us. You remember? Any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. Let them pray, pray, pray. Prayer is involved in healing. We know that. But there are times. In fact, I went through the book of Acts. All the healings in the book of Acts. And the only one I could find where there was anyone that prayed was Paul way over in the latter part of the book of Acts. They didn't. Peter. And John were walking, and here was this man sitting. He was a cripple or from his, his, his birth. And he'd been carried there and sat down at the gate called Beautiful. Peter didn't pray for him. He looked on Peter, and Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have given to thee. And he reached out and picked up, got his hand and picked him up. And the man went leaping and jumping. He didn't pray for him. You know how Jesus healed most of the time? He spoke the word. I don't believe I found one place where Jesus prayed for the sick. Oh, Father, I want you to heal this leper. He said, be thou clean. (laughs) Get up and walk. He said, take up your bed and walk. He don't want us around begging. And there are some times we shouldn't ask. We just should speak the word of God with the anointing of God. It's time for the church to stand up and speak the word of God with the anointing of God. I sort of felt that a little bit. Amen. I I just think it's important. Jesus cast out demons using his authority. Mark 1, 23. 25. Now there was, and we, we preached on this earlier. Now there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit, but Jesus rebuked him, saying, be quiet, come out of him. He said, oh God, this man's disturbing my service. And would you, would you help me, Lord? And, and would you get this demon out of this man, Lord? And Father, Father, would you? He didn't say that. He said, you shut your mouth and come out of him. It's time for the church to start speaking with power. Understanding its authority. Devil's afraid of those that, that, that pray and, and believe God. And then, now you say, are, are you excluding prayer? No. If you wanted to spend, Jesus prayed. He spent time on the mountain praying. He spent all night praying. We need to pray. It's not that we don't need to pray, but we need to pray, position ourselves, and go out and start speaking the word. Wow. The believer is to do the same. Matthew 10, 8. Do the very same. Heal the sick. Cleanse the leper. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. Beg demons to come out. Pray that they'll come out. Is that what it said? It said cast them out. Of course, Mark, you know, he gets right to the point. Cast out demons. Cast out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. You know the reason a lot of people can't freely give? 
because they haven't freely received. You can't give something you don't have. And the church is empty. If we're not careful, we become complacent. If we're not careful, we forget to pray. The church is, we're at ease in Zion. Everything is fine and everything's going good. So I'm just really going along. I'm involved in all of this. I've got too much to do and be in church. I can't go to church on Sunday morning. I'm preaching to the choir. I can't go to church on Sunday night. Some of us need to hear that. And, uh, (laughs) you know, we get so busy. But God help us to realize this is the important thing. It's like Christie said, you know, we may have a job. That's our job. That's important. We certainly pray about it. We want God to bless us. But, but, but that's not the main course of our lives. Serving him, living for him, speaking his word, preparing our hearts. Church, get ready. Get ready. I'll tell you what, the devil's ready. Demonic forces are ready. Evil is ready. Immorality is ready. Sin is out there rich, sprouting. I mean, they glorify sin today on television. It's glory. And, and we, the church is just, did you ever do that? We used to do that. We didn't have TV to watch. We had to do something. We didn't have computers in our hands, so we had to do something. This is what we did. That took the place of computers. Now we do this. Church sitting around doing this. Humming. You know, we need to pray the prayer of faith. Believe God. Be prepared. Every day of our lives, be ready. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. We need to be ready, folks. The, the, the world, is, it, it's, it, there's such a need for a church to stand. I'm not just talking about Bethel, and we certainly need to. But there's such a need for the church to stand up and be counted and know its position in Jesus Christ and speak with the authority and speak with the anointing. Paul said, I didn't come to you with flashy words. I didn't come to you with just, just a head full of knowledge. I come to you in the power of the Holy Spirit. David ran toward Goliath. He said, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a shield. But I come to you in the name of the God of, the God of Israel. That's how we need to face the world today. We, we, we need that. Jesus healed the sick. Jesus told us to do the same. Jesus healed with his spoken word. We are to do the same. There are creative powers, power in our words. John 5 and 8. Jesus said to him, rise up, take up your bed and walk. Did he beg him? Did he pray? He was ready. He just spoke the word. The centurion came to Jesus and said, Listen, my servant's home, sick. Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. He said, I am a man of authority. If I tell this one to go, he goes. If I tell this one to stay, he's... He knew authority. The centurion knew authority. And he's talking to someone that knew authority. He said, you just speak the word only. 
and my servant will be healed. Oh, my, 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 my. Church? Church? Are we listening? Are we, are, are we able to grasp some of this? The disciples healed the sick. We are to do the same. Acts 3, and I just talked about it. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give you. In the name, there it is. I wish I had something, a badge, a little badge to put on. In the name of, this is my badge of authority. It's not me. It's not my goodness. It's not something that I have done. But in the name of Jesus, this is what he said. In the name of Jesus, of Christ, of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. It's in the name of Jesus. That's the reason that the world puts down the name of Jesus. They hate it. They don't want you to talk about Jesus. You can talk about God, you you can be in sports and get on, get in the microphone talking about your faith, and that's all good. I'm not against that. But what the devil's afraid of is the name of Jesus. Devil looked and said, "Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are you? You know, they'll laugh if you don't come in the name of Jesus, in the name of Don Don Arlen." Oh, I just said my middle name. Many of you didn't know my little name. In the name of Don Westbrook, I come and cast you out. They'll laugh. They'll laugh. In the name of Bethel Christian Center, I come and cast you out. They'll laugh. But you can say in the name of Jesus. And they tremble. They tremble. And they take off. It's time for us to, it's time for us to take authority. It's time for us to. Prayer and the laying on of hands heals also. Let me go back. I wanted to read 9.34, Acts 9.34. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you. Arise and make your bed. And he rose immediately. I mean, we spend time. We sometimes waste so much time. And I'm not talking about God wants us to tarry. I know that. I may get into that. But it's time for the church to start standing up, being like Jesus, being like Peter. Look at Acts chapter 14, 7 and 10. And in Lystria, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul, observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand up! Straight on your feet. Stand up straight on your feet. Oh, okay. No, God don't want us to come in fear, intimidation. The devil will intimidate us if we let him. But God says we can't stand up on your feet. Get up straight. Hold your back up. Get, get up from there. And immediately, notice what it said. He leaped and walked. It's time for the church to stand up. Amen. It is all through the power of the spoken word and the spirit of God. Acts 24, 49. Behold, and I'm ending. I'm I'm quitting. 
Luke 24, 49, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until. Say until. Until. This is Luke 24, 49. I'm sorry I didn't give you this copy. Who's running that back there today? Uh-huh. It's not? You're kidding. I'm so glad to get hurt one time, one time, because not most of the time it's me. Can you get it? There it is. Look, look at this. Look, look at it. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until. You see, this is a problem. We're not going to run out here and start using authority that we don't have until you are endued with power from on high. And then Jesus about to ascend and go back to heaven says in Acts 1 and 8, but you shall receive what? Power. Power. After you go to eat some donuts. I had to say that. You've been down Hillsborough Road lately. I, I, listen, we get this thing so mixed up and so confused. But it's so simple. Jesus said, I give you this, but tarry until you receive, uh, until you endue with power. Then, before he goes back, one of the most important verses you'll find in the Bible Acts chapter 1, verse 8, look at it. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So we need the Spirit of God. The early church needed to be filled with the Spirit. Now, many people read that, and it is. I think the most important thing out of verse 8 in chapter 1 is that, listen to this, is that we become witnesses. We don't elevate, we don't elevate all of this I'm preaching on over salvation, a relationship with God. That's number one. But a lot of people stop with just witnessing. But when you study the whole Bible, you understand that it means more than just being a witness for him. It means to work the works that Jesus worked. And it's through and by the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. And he tells us to be filled with the Spirit, Ephesians 5, 18. The NIV says, do not be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. If there's anything I could say this morning, church... Let's have a Pentecostal early church experience. It's important. It is important. The believer's authority is threefold. Authority over the power of the enemy, authority over Satan, and authority, and I've just been on that, to act in behalf of Jesus Christ. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, all of these scriptures, and, and, there's, and there's so many more that I've not, certainly not read. Many more, especially in the New Testament. 
that God's given you and I power. I want to ask you something. Do you realize your position in Christ? Do you know your stand with God? You know, he's faithful. I'm, I'm going to ask Brother Matt if he'll just come and play the piano for just a moment. And uh, I love that song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Uh, God's faithful to do that. He's faithful to grant us what we need. We need to start standing up, understanding our position in Jesus Christ, standing up, using the power that's been delegated to us, standing up and being the church that God has called us to be. God's faithful to keep his word to us. God's faithful to give us what we need. We need to stand in that, operate in it. If you've yet to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to encourage you to do that. You see, we believe, and I believe it's scriptural. When you study the Bible, it's it's very, very scriptural. That there is a there is the Spirit of God, listen to this very careful, that comes on the inside of a person when they accept Jesus Christ. Let me say it again. The Spirit of God comes on the inside of a believer once we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. That is the well that the Gospels talk about. A well on the inside. Then there is that that John talks about in chapter 7. He's talking about the filling the baptism of the Holy Spirit that flows out of you. It flows out of you. And that's the reason that when the woman with the issue touched Jesus, that she was healed. He turned around and said, who touched me? The disciple says, a lot of people touch you. He said, no. He said, this is different. Because it flowed out. That's the reason the Bible says, go lay your hands upon the sick. There's no power in your hands. Because I believe this. I believe when we receive Christ, we receive the Spirit of God, then we are baptized. And if you study the book of Acts, you find out that there is an experience that is subsequent to the experience of salvation. And when you're baptized, that means he flows out of you. And that power flows out of you through the Holy Spirit. And that's the reason you can lay your hands upon the sick and they recover. That's the reason you can speak the word of God. Because that that's flowing out of you heals, delivers, sets free. And if you've not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I encourage you to do that. We have a nice book here that just really is so simple. And it tells us how to be able to be baptized. You see, when you're saved, you don't re- that's all the spirit you receive. But when you're baptized, that spirit, that power, that dunamis, that dunamis flows out of you into other people's lives. And that's what the world needs. That dunamis is more powerful than cocaine. That dunamis is more powerful than alcohol. That dunamis is more powerful than immorality, homosexuality. 
that power that's on the inside. When the church stands up and say, yes, sir, I'm going to follow orders and you obey, then you have authority. Barney Fife, Barney Fife goes and he tries to run two guys off of a certain place that's selling fruit and vegetables. Well, they leave. And they went to get gas and Goober tells them, says, hey, Barney Fife, that 115 pound guy, he can't run nobody off. You don't have to be afraid of Barney Fife. And so they go back and set up their, their vegetable stand and he finds out about it. And Andy's going to go with him and help him. He said, no, Andy, you get out. I'm, I'm going to do this on my own. And he walks up, this little short 115-pound fellow with these six-foot-two, 250-pound guys, and looks him right in the eye. He said, you both are bigger than me. But what this badge represents is bigger than you are. And when the devil comes at you, he tries with all of his fangs and all of his fear and doubt and unbelief and sickness. You can say, oh devil, you may be bigger than me. But this right here, The power of God, the name of Jesus Christ is greater than anything you can throw at me. And I want you to get. And you can tell the devil to go and he'll have to go. I got to hush. Father, I love you today. I thank you for this time together. I thank you for every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, every person that's come today. Lord, help us to understand the badge, the name, the power the anointing, the great grace, the great love. God, the fullness of your Son, Jesus Christ, indwells in us. May we be able today, through this message, be able to comprehend the length, the breadth, the height, and the depth of your fullness. May we tap into that source. May we be able, dear God, to stand with authority in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with us, please. We're going to ask the team if they'll come, and we're going to sing another song.